Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. This podcast is sponsored by TheraWorks Relief. Many of you get sore, achy legs from standing all day or get asked about painful foot and leg cramps. If so, you're going to want to hear about TheraWorks Relief, a clinically proven topical foam that prevents and relieves muscle cramps and soreness. Learn more at theraworksrelief.com. In this episode, you'll hear about the use of blockchain as a solution to meet DSCSA standards for the pharmaceutical supply chain. Daryl Glover shares about his role at the startup iSolve. Daryl has had an interesting career path as a pharmacist in the biopharmaceutical space. And as a member of the startup community, Daryl advises us to be aware of the many possibilities available with a pharmacy degree, because pharmacy is a means to an end. Today, we have a special guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Daryl Glover is an experienced biopharma professional with over 20 years of experience in pharmaceutical operations, clinical strategy, drug development, clinical investigator recruitment, post-marketing surveillance, and mHealth. He has been head of international marketing and a COO for a biotech company in Central Europe and served as CEO for their U.S. subsidiary. He's been a clinical pharmacist, director of pharmacy services, and clinical operation manager at the University of Illinois at Chicago, University of Virginia, and Northwestern. Daryl graduated from UC Berkeley with a BA in biology in the University of, Paci- of the Pacific with a PharmD and the University of Chicago with an MBA. Daryl, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Hey, Hillary. Thanks very much for inviting me. Well, now that our listeners have heard a little bit about your background, maybe you can fill in any gaps from that intro and maybe share a little bit about your personal life. Um, Well, yeah, I think it sounds a lot more impressive than it actually is. I mean, like yourself, I mean, I was a pharmacist on the front line for a lot of years, working in patient care, and then moved into management. It happened that in 2000, I got married and moved to Europe, to Slovenia. Um, And at that point, I made a bit of a transition into the biopharma industry, more on the research side. Um, After about 10 years, I kind of became an independent consultant and eventually got in touch with iSolve at their very beginnings when they were starting to look for subject matter experts in pharma um, to help develop their blockchain solution for them. And this is where I'm at today. Yeah, that is really interesting. And so, Daryl, is would it just be the that be, moving to Europe, uh, there was more opportunity in the the biopharma space, or was your significant other in that space, or just a little bit deeper into how you got connected there? Yeah, well, my wife is a pharmacist, and we actually met in the Hague at a international pharmacy meeting. So it was sort of the situation of well, I'm from this really small country and I'm not going to move to a big city like Chicago, so we're going to live in Europe. I said, okay, why not live in Mm -hmm. Europe? (laughs) Sounds great. (laughs) That's really interesting. Uh, 
and that that you got to meet a fellow pharmacist at an at an international conference. That's amazing. Well, um, yeah, so that that helps uh, to explain a little bit more about how you landed in the biopharmaceutical space. And it's always interesting to see pharmacists that are in unique areas of practice. So um, can you tell us a little bit more about what um, iSolve, which is the company that you're currently with, is and what is involved at in your role as chief clinical officer. Yeah, so ISOV was founded to help break down the data silos, data silos that occur in biopharma and healthcare and the life sciences industry in order to facilitate, um, to bring drugs to market faster and to improve patient care and outcomes. So my role in the company is to help develop the applications for our solution and how we're going to apply it. So we really work our advanced digital ledger technology or ADLT um, is a plat enterprise platform solution that works to help build those bridges between systems, either internally or externally, to build better partner networks to help connect patients to manufacturers and then help connect the patient to the rest of the healthcare system. Uh, we are currently using a blockchain technology called Hyperledger Sawtooth, which is being produced by our strategic partner, Intel. Um, and we're also working very hard to bring in other partners such as Microsoft and to leverage Azure Azure server platform in order to give us more diversity and more reach. Um, to the different companies that we serve. There is a lot of information in there. I'll, I'll try to pick out a few pieces. So, um, so iSolve is is basically um, helping solutions. So you mentioned that you partner with other companies. Are a lot of them U.S. based and uh, based out of Europe, or can you share a little bit about the makeup of some of the companies that you're? Yeah, uh, so we with? work with a wide range of companies um, because we're targeting the global biopharma industry. Um, with our track and trace solution to meet the DSCSA requirements. We do a lot of work with international pharma companies. Um, our partners can be international or they can be local. On the healthcare side, we tend to focus much more in the U.S. market and only with entities with, you know, in the borders of the U.S. Okay. Yeah, that's helpful. Um, and so, Daryl, uh, blockchain is really just kind of breaking out. I think uh, people at least are starting to hear the term, uh, but could you give us a little bit of a quick overview and specifically share a little bit about the use case for uh, the supply sure. I mean, chain side? The blockchain, I think what people have to remember is that everyone thinks this is brand new technology. Now, while the term blockchain itself is new, the underlying technologies behind it, which is cryptography, which goes back to the 1940s, and the use of public and private keys for security, which goes back to the 1970s, are really well understood and well vetted technologies. 
So even though blockchain is new and how they're applying those technologies, everybody accepts the underlying technologies as being valid and useful not only in healthcare, but in other solutions. Now the blockchain itself, what makes it unique is that you create a network where information is shared among multiple people. Um, people that you might not normally have been able to share information with in the past. And everyone has a copy of the blockchain. So what that does is it prevents people from um, externally trying to access your data because it's not centralized. They would have to make multiple attacks simultaneously, which is not possible. And because of the requirement to have public and private keys, someone cannot say, oh, somebody stole my credentials and then try to hack the system from an internal perspective, which is usually what happens. So it's much more secure and people can access it. So even though everyone has all of the information, they can only see what they're allowed to see. So in the supply chain, the way this would work is that the manufacturer would be directly connected to the wholesaler, connected to the pharmacy, and then ultimately to the patient. Now, traditionally, once a medication leaves the manufacturing facility, they have no idea where it ends up. Now, thanks to serialization, we have that ability to track the individual drug down to the pharmacy level, um, but we need to be able to follow it on its pathway and have really this immutable, auditable record so that we can see where the medication ends up at. The implications are that we can do more direct recalls. Um, so instead of what happens now, as we all know, that you get a million faxes or a million emails from the state board about this recall, that recall, the manufacturer would be able to say, this drug ended up at this pharmacy. And then the pharmacy could say, okay, this drug ended up with this patient. Now, if the patient has decided to share information with the manufacturer, then they would be able to contact the patient directly and give them directions on how to return the drug. The other opportunity for patients is that now they can participate in proactive post-marketing surveillance. So the manufacturers could look ahead and start asking patients, how are you doing with your medications? Are you experiencing any side effects? And that way try to detect problems before they become a major issue. So it's really about kind of building those bridges, gathering more information than traditionally has been accessible to everyone in the supply chain. Yeah, well, that that's a helpful overview. And so basically to do a little bit of summary, blockchain blockchain can help with some of those cybersecurity issues that we're all hearing about uh, because of the contracting um, and the 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 ledger that's based on trust. Um, so that's certainly an advantage. Um, and then too, the way that you guys are using it as a solution for DSCSA or Drug Supply Chain and Security Act, where we're having to, uh, the, the supply chain is having to trace uh, a single drug from manufacturer T1 to the wholesaler T2 to the pharmacy T3 and helping with some of those recall and, and other things. And then you also mentioned uh, an added benefit with pharmaceutical companies is 
helping to, you know, better manage their clinical trial process. And it's going to bring them a little bit closer to their products and to their patients that are using it. So uh, certainly a lot of great advantages. Yeah, with, and just uh, kind of one other thing, the way technology. we really look at this is from a very high level is that, you know, Blockchain is meant to work with existing systems and processes and bridge those systems together when they can't normally communicate with each other and to create the provenance of data for regulatory or business reasons. I mean, imagine if uh, an inspector came into the pharmacy and said, tell me the whole history of this data, who did what, when, and at what time you could push a button and have all of that information available. So when you think about blockchain in terms of the applications at that level, then it covers everything. It's clinical trials, like you said. It's managing the research compounds. It's helping to move data records, improve insurance, um, payments. I mean, there's just a wide range of opportunities for everyone. Certainly. Well, Daryl, um it's you're certainly you know on top of some cutting edge things and we actually are uh, originally connected uh, you were serving as a moderator or you know a thought leader in um, a group that was uh, polling about different pharmaceutical uh, solutions and things so how do you stay current about what's going on in um, healthcare well, and more specifically in within the pharmacy the clinical field. perspective since i am a clinical pharmacist by training i read the pharmacist letter um, which was started actually by a former professor at the university of the pacific um, so that really keeps me up to date with what's going on there. In terms of what's going on with technology and everything else, I read a wide variety of newsletters. Um, I get informed by stuff by email that comes to me. So it just it's a lot of reading and keeping up just like everybody else. Yeah. Uh, well, what are some of the things that I mean, excite so you about the future of pharmacy? I mean, now that we're starting to be able to bill actively for our clinical services, which I've been working on the concept of that for quite a long time before, back when we were looking at using CPT codes for billing, um, that opens up a whole other opportunities. And not only that, with the support of automation, with better support of technicians, and if we really start looking at technology such as machine learning, looking at the internet of medical things, we can have better data on how our patients are doing outside of the setting when we don't see them. It's just lot, lots of potential for us um, to explore all sorts of new areas and get new information to improve patient care that we just didn't have access to. Yeah, certainly. I mean, it's there's so much opportunity in, in leveraging the new technology out there um, is something that we can certainly embrace and use to our advantage as, as long as we're keeping up to date and, and looking ahead. Uh, so, Daryl, as our final question, what is some advice that you would tell your younger self and for other yeah, pharmacists I mean, I out there who the are just getting started in their career? always be aware of the possibilities. I mean, as my first mentor told me when I was a student back in Berkeley and I started as a volunteer in a pharmacy, 
pharmacy is a means to an end, but not an end unto itself. Because pharmacy opens up so many opportunities beyond retail, beyond hospital. I mean, I've had a lot of work in different technology areas because one, I had an interest in technology, but my career just somehow came together in that direction. I also really enjoy patient care and educating students and all of these things were possible because I have that background in pharmacy. I think it's being aware of what you're interested in and then looking for those opportunities to come up. Yeah, certainly. I I would agree with that. I think that one of the underlying themes uh, talking with, with guests on uh, the show is that, you know, a lot of people are looking for, they take those open doors and um, are willing to, you know, just um, maybe take a little bit of a risk, but having all of those skills that we've learned um, in pharmacy school or in our, our previous roles um, have helped to us to succeed um, wherever life leads us next. So, um, well, Daryl, it's been such a pleasure talking yeah, with no, you lot, and thanks I'm so much for being a, a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thanks, everyone, for being patient with the audio. Daryl was over in Europe when we were recording this, so there might be a little bit of a technical difficulty, and that resulted in a little overlap in our dialogue. Uh, Back to our sponsor, TheraWorks Relief. It is available over-the-counter in over 30,000 pharmacies across the country, and you don't need a prescription. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out the show notes at www.pharmacyadvisory.com. And if you're a student or new grad or resident and you are struggling with student loans, I know the guys over at Your Financial Pharmacist, and they have put together an online course just for you. Uh, so head over to www.pharmacyadvisory.com slash student loan course to check that out. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group, for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening. 